0: We often have a desire for new things in our lives. Your phone's three years old, get a new one. It's old, it's outdated. Get a new car, get a new house to make better what we have around us. We are attracted to what is new, what is innovative and what seems novel. So often we want to surround ourselves with new things. Because life seems to move better that way and we just feel a little more calm, a little more secure, surrounded by that which is new. But while we want to surround ourselves with new things, brothers and sisters, we often forget that we ourselves are called to be made new. We hear in St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians today, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away, the new things have come. St. Paul, I think, gives us a very apt description of what grace does for us. The old self dies, the new self is reborn. You and I first experienced this newness St. Paul speaks of today at our baptism, when we died to sin and rose to life with God. We were literally made new people, recreated in the waters of baptism. And the church's theology of baptism, I think, illustrates this quite beautifully. If Baptism is almost like another day of creation. You think the seven days of creation in Genesis. Baptism, or our redemption, is likened to an additional day. It's often referred to as the eighth day of creation. So it's no surprise that a good baptismal font, like ours in the back there, has eight sides to it. A good baptismal font is octagonal to represent this idea that we are made new. There is a recreation that takes place in the waters of baptism. Because it's one thing to be created in God's image and likeness. It's a whole other thing entirely to be made new through God's grace and life. And it's in baptism that we begin to bear a resemblance to the God of the universe. Previously, you could say we bore a greater resemblance to sinful Adam. But in baptism, we begin to resemble the God of the universe rather than merely Adam. However, after the days of our baptism, we know that sin can become a reality for us. And through sin, unfortunately, we lose some of that divine resemblance. We begin to resemble a little more of sinful Adam rather than than God. We lose a little bit of that newness that we gained in baptism and become, for lack of a better word, ordinary. You know, so often we think of our sins and our sinful habits as things that are salacious or intriguing. After all, that's what That's how we often fall into them, right? We often think that there's some new experience that we can't live without, and that sin seems so novel. It seems so new. It seems so unique and fresh. But I think we find very often that once we're in it, there isn't really anything new about it at all. There's nothing fresh or innovative at all about sin. In fact, there's really nothing interesting about sin that doesn't take away its effects or the pain that sin can sometimes cause, because that's very real. But there's nothing new or interesting about sin at all. Sin has been around since the beginning of time, and it's often people doing the same things. It's, it's often said that there's no new sins under the sun, just old sins on repeat, you could say. So many of the things that we struggle with today are the same things that people have struggled with for thousands of years. There's nothing truly unique about sin or anything noteworthy about it. I sometimes tell people in the confessional that sin is boring. It's boring to God. And it sometimes can be boring to me too. Not that we shouldn't bring our sins to God in the confessional, we absolutely should. But because everyone sins, there's very little that's unique about our faults. The allure of sin isn't so intense when we realize that sin is the most boring thing in the world. By contrast, brothers and sisters, grace and virtue are exciting. They're novel, and they are refreshing. We truly become new people when we receive grace. We bear that greater resemblance to God as opposed to to sinful Adam. And we have a God who desires to make all things new for us in our hearts. And we receive that newness in so many ways, certainly in the confessional especially in receiving Holy Communion, but even in in little ways. Every time we dip our hands into that holy water, which we're so grateful to finally have back in our churches, it is us saying, Lord, I want to be made new. We remind ourselves of the waters of baptism, that we were made new in. And every time we enter that church, we say, Lord, help me to be made new. Jesus desires... To make all things new in our hearts. If you've ever seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ. My favorite scene is the scene where Jesus meets his blessed mother. And Jesus is he's, he's carrying the wood of the cross and he falls. And Mary, who's off to the side of the road, sees him and uh, with a mother's instinct and with a mother's love. She runs to him. And Mary in her own heart is having, has a flashback of little infant Jesus falling as a child, and Mary running to help him. And they both sort of have this flashback moment in their hearts. And Jesus looks into the eyes of his mother and says, Woman, I make all things new. Jesus came to make new our hearts. Through our brokenness, through our sinfulness, he desires to make us new people, to cast aside the old self, and rise with him to grace and to life. But ultimately, brothers and sisters, we have to give God permission to act in our hearts. Because the sacraments won't really bear fruit in our hearts unless we let God in as part of that process. It can't be, Lord, make me new, but, but not in this area. Or, Lord, make me new, but, but not yet. We have to desire to die to our old self. And to let God in. And we have to give God permission. And that takes a great deal of humility. To sort of uproot our hearts from where they were and get to where God wants us to be. So we have to let God make us new. He's the primary worker. The primary one who renews our hearts. So today, brothers and sisters, we can maybe ask ourselves, Where do I need to be made new? Where do I desire newness? but instead struggle with the same old sins. Let us ask God for permission, or rather grant God permission, to enter into our hearts and experience the newness of grace as opposed to the monotony of sin. Let us rediscover the joy of once again living for the God who makes all things new.